Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Al. Are you ready for this week's episode? Aim, I don't know, because I don't know what it is. You don't know the topic. It's a very random topic. I'll be the judge of that. It's hotels. Mm, I feel like not super random. How do you figure it's not random? Because you spend a lot of time in hotels. For work, I realized as that was coming out, that could sound bad. I do spend a lot of time in hotels, but I haven't been in a hotel in a couple of weeks. Okay, but still. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I've been in, I've, it's been a minute yeah. in my pattern. Anyway, I understand. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not as random as I thought. I felt like it was quite a random choice. So maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not, because I actually feel like I maybe booked a hotel last week, and that's what prompted this. So <laughs> I retract the statement, but I still think it'll be fun to talk about. I also agree. I think it'll be fun to talk about. So we've got another famous, although not, I don't know that I can claim that it's famous. It's only happened one other time. I should also know if I sound funny, I am fighting a cold, an actual cold, not like a, you know what I mean? It's a for real cold. (laughs) Instead of a for fake cold? Well, you know, like with COVID and everything, it's not COVID, but it's like a cold. But I forgot that you can, like, have a cold because I've been so focused on, like, COVID. Right. And now I'm like, oh, this is just... Just a cold. A cold. Just a cold. Anyway, so I hope you enjoy my Phoebe Buffet voice. It does not translate as well as hers does. In any case, onward to the hotels. I got way off track. I apologize. I didn't even finish my original thought. I was going to say another famous edition of Amy's extended introduction or uh, definition we're struggling at this time, but we're going forward. <laughs> okay. Going forward, I've got a longer introduction for you. So let's just dive in, because that was just chaos. What is a hotel? Let me, let me tell you. The definition of a hotel is an establishment that provides paid lodging on a short-term basis. Okay, that makes sense. So, pretty simple. But, in Amy's famous extended introduction... We're going to also talk about boutique hotels, extended stay hotels, timeshares and destination clubs, motels, and bed and breakfast. Wow. Okay. We're going to talk about a lot of places to stay. We're we're not going to deep dive on those, but let me give you their definition so you know the difference between a hotel and all of those things. Okay. So we've covered hotel. A boutique hotel is typically a smaller, independent, non-branded hotel that often contains upscale facilities. So it would not be affiliated with one of the more international or nationally known brands. Got it. That makes sense. Extended stay hotels are small to medium-sized hotels that offer longer full-term service accommodations compared to a traditional hotel. This could include kitchens, utensils, living rooms, and additional bedrooms. Yes. My husband has had to stay at several as we move different states. There you go. So exactly that. A timeshare and or destination club is a form of property ownership involving ownership of an individual unit of accommodation for seasonal usage. Okay. A motel is a small-sized, low-rise lodging with direct access to individual rooms from the car park. So there's no hallway. You just enter from the parking lot, basically. 
Correct. I also now realize that car park is like English for parking lot, isn't it? I mean, I mean, English in terms of. Yeah, not American English. Yes. Thank you. Okay, last one. Bed and breakfasts are small lodging establishments that offer overnight accommodations and breakfast, which kind of made me giggle. (laughs) Bed and breakfasts are often private family homes and typically have between four and 11 rooms, with six being the average. Additionally, I was going to say additionally Airbnbs. Nope. Additionally, BNBs, otherwise known as bed and breakfasts, typically have the host living in the house alongside the guests. Okay. I've never been to one, but I've seen many on TV. So my reference for an Airbnb is like... No, just a B&B. Right. Wow. <laughs> Solid branding on Airbnb's side. My reference for BNBs is like in movies and stuff. Right. That's like the only context I ever have for a B&B. Oh, I said it immediately makes me think of that Parks and Rec episode where they go camping after the Harvest Festival and they end up at the B&B with the old lady who offers them a German muffin. <laughs> See, that's a good reference of a B&B. I was going to say it reminds me of Gilmore Girls, but those aren't B&Bs. Those are inns. Inns, yeah. Inns. Like quaint hotels. I didn't cover inns. I'm going to describe them now as quaint hotels. Or maybe those are more on the vein of a, a boutique hotel. A boutique hotel. Yes, I would agree. Okay, so now that we have definitions, let's do some history. So, the word hotel is derived from the French word hotel. I don't know that I'm actually saying that appropriately, but it is spelled the same. It's got a little hat on top of the O. But it actually comes from the same origin as the word hospital which was referred to in a French version of a building that sees frequent visitors and provides care rather than a place that originally offered accommodation. Oh, okay. Facilities offering hospitality to travelers featured in early civilizations go back as far as 705. Wow. Yes. In Japan's Nashima Onsen Oh, I'm going to just stop there because I'm butchering it and I apologize. Was founded in 705 as the oldest hotel in the world. And then from there, we look at the Greco-Roman culture and ancient Persia, where hospitals were used for recuperation and rest, as well as additional places to stay while traveling. So those aren't really counted as hotels. They were just kind of a place to stay. So the first official one was the one in Japan in 1705. But it does go back even farther than that. That doesn't surprise me, though. No, well, and I kind of figure if you're right, when you think about travel in the old days, it would take significantly longer to get to where you were going. So you had to have a place to land, which is true also. So during the Middle Ages, various religious orders like monasteries and abbeys would offer accommodation for travelers on the road. That makes sense, too. So as we go forward to the mid-17th century... For a period of about 200 years, coaching inns served as a place for lodging for coach travelers. Coaching inns stabled teams of horses for stagecoaches and mail coaches and replaced the teams with fresh teams. I'm saying teams a lot. I can hear it. I apologize. Traditionally, these coaching inns were seven miles apart, but this depended a lot on terrain and availability for building. So they would stop every seven miles to get fresh horses? 
get fresh horses. Wow. That seems pretty frequent. Pretty frequent. Also, I feel like couldn't horses maybe go farther than seven? Maybe it was just like a, maybe it was like the rest areas that we know today of like, they're just convenient stops. Yeah, maybe that would make more sense. That is where we started. But then as richer clientele started coming through the doors, these coaching inns kind of grew in grandeur. Sudir Andrews traces the birth of an organized hotel industry to Europe's chalets and small hotels, which cater to primarily aristocrats. One of the first hotels in a modern sense, the Royal Clarence, opened in Exeter in 1768, although the idea only really caught on in the early 19th century. In 1812, Mivret's Hotel opened its doors in London, later changing its name to Claridge. Okay. So we went from coaching inns to more formalized hotels. What I will say is there was some chat in my research here where it was like the coaching inns actually got kind of competitive and then they started like connecting. So it's kind of like they created chains, but it wasn't very proven. But I like to believe that that was also like the earliest setup of hotel chains. Like us three are going to band together and like the other four are together. Any case, I have no proof of that. I just like to believe it in my head. And then the rich people got involved and we started developing more formal stays, more formal lodging. All right, then. Hotels then proliferated through Western Europe and North America in the 19th century. Luxury hotels, including the 1829 Tremont House in Boston and 1836 Astor House in New York City, were considered the top places to stay for the most wealthy clientele. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So on that note, obviously we know a lot of hotels in our area, and I will just give you some dollar amounts right now. Not that only wealthy people are staying in hotels, but in the United States in 2021, so mind you, it was post, kind of post-pandemic, the United States reached $141.6 billion in 2021. In hotel revenue, and so far this year has reached one hundred sixty-eight point four billion in hotel revenue. Wow! So it's a huge industry, even when travel was down. A huge industry. Yeah. Wow. Not surprising. Though. Not surprising. One of the things that I really enjoyed digging into, and I pulled out a few of my favorites, were specialty hotels. So where we went through the definition of hotels before, these are kind of. Next level specialty hotels. So these include what I've got here, like cave hotels, bunker hotels, ice and snow igloo hotels. I just think these are so cool in terms of experiential places to stay. So there are cave hotels in Spain, as well as several in Turkey, where you can actually stay in a cave. There are bunker hotels in Switzerland, and they're called concrete mushrooms in Albania which are made out of former nuclear bunkers. That would be interesting. So cool. There is the Ice Hotel in Sweden. And what I found most interesting about this is that they build it every winter and it melts every spring. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I bet a lot of people come. You got to get those Instagram And I bet you that room stay is like astronomical. But it first opened in 1990. So they've been doing that for 32 years. Wow. It's fascinating. I also wonder then, like, 
what if you book your stay in March and it's like unseasonably warm? Are they just like bummer? Probably. I think you're like bummer. bummer. Right. Yeah, probably. That's fair. So there are treehouse hotels where you can actually stay. I want to do one of those. I think that would be so cool. In Sweden and Costa Rica were the two that were most noted. And then an underwater hotel. So some hotels have accommodation that are underwater, again, in Sweden. Wow, Sweden's really crushing it here now that I'm saying these, like, back-to-back. Yeah. You can stay in a treehouse in Sweden, be underwater in Sweden. You can stay in ice in Sweden. You can stay in a bunker. Oh, no, that's Switzerland. So. Yeah, I want to do one of those underwater ones. I've seen those, I'm sure, in a TikTok or something where somebody's, you know, like the whole, like, one side of your hotel room is basically like an aquarium. You don't think that'll keep you up at night? You have a hard time if the light on your clock is too bright. I know, but I mean, for an experience. Though the only thing, the video I was watching on TikTok was the woman went into like the her bathroom in the hotel room. And a guy was in the tank like cleaning something, like swimming by. I, I'm sure there's curtains or something you can pull when you're actually using the bathroom. But I was like, mm, that would be my luck. <laughs> that would be so. So here's the thing. I have stayed at a hotel. And now I'm trying to think of what city we were in. I want to say it was Chicago, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, I stayed at a hotel and they had retrofitted this hotel and they had a shower. And I'm not kidding you in the middle of the room. So you like walk in. There was a little like vestibule area where you enter Then if you went to the right, there was like a sink and a toilet kind of in like a room. And then the shower was just this glass block sitting out in the middle of the room. And then there was like a king size bed a couple feet away. And it was glass, like fully glass. What if you were staying with somebody? I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've been with my husband over a decade and I still would like some privacy when I show up. Thank you. And it had like a curtain, but it wasn't even an opaque curtain. It was like a sheer curtain that's right weird. and so then every time I showered even though it was just me I would close my room curtain like to the world so they right. couldn't see me in my shower <laughs> then I would close the sheer curtain and I still felt very exposed it was maybe my least favorite hotel shower situation yeah I don't like that at no. all it was it was not great the room was beautiful like it was gorgeous but I couldn't get past it yeah, that's so, and, like, nobody could come up with a better design than, than that. that. Well, the other thing that I wondered is, like, kudos to the housekeepers at hotel. Honestly, kudos to all hotel staff. Like, that is not an easy job. You're dealing with people all day. You're cleaning, like, multiple, multiple rooms. But I had glass shower doors in our old house that were completely clear. And those were a right. nightmare to keep clean. Imagine having to do a whole fishbowl of a shower between every single patron. No. No, thank you. I just thought the these poor people have to be going out of their minds squeegeeing these glass walls. Yeah. That sounds horrible. It just yeah. Anyway, that's just a fun hotel experience. Although I do quite enjoy now like my favorite thing to do when I get into hotel rooms cuz I do I'm very fortunate to get to travel for work and I enjoy it is to like go and see what my view is. And so far, I've had some really cool views. And then, like, you sometimes you pull up in the curtain and it's like a brick wall. And you're like, oh, uh, never mind. Right. Would have been helpful in, the, in that case, though, with the shower to just have a brick wall. Yeah, exactly. 
That is our specialty hotel segment. So let's talk a little bit about the top hotel brands, and then I've got some fun facts for you to wrap up our episode here. So the top hotel brands, and I will go from five to one, although there are many. These are worldwide. So number five is Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. They own 8,941 hotels with 795,909 rooms. Wow. Okay. So that is the fifth in line. Intercontinental Hotel Group has almost 6,000 hotels and 886,036 rooms. So technically more rooms, but less hotels. Oh, fun fact. Through work, we hosted an event in an intercontinental hotel. Well, they're the top biggest. The big fancy one, like, out in LA, That's cool, though. Yeah. So they must have more rooms. Well, obviously, that's how math works. More rooms in less hotels. Bigger bigger hotels, I mean. Well, I know the one out in LA is like a huge skyscraper. That makes sense. So third on the list is Hilton Hotels. They did not give me the amount of hotels, but they told me, that told me, like they called me and were filling me in. Personally, Hilton's calling you up. Right. So the Hilton Hotels operate 1,010,257 rooms. The Jinjiang, and I'm probably butchering that, comes in number two. It has less than Marriott, who comes in more, but in technically has more room offerings than the Marriott. So Marriott owns more brands, but it has more rooms with this other uh, hotel brand. Okay. And then Marriott comes in first. It is the largest hotel chain in the world. Uh, It has 30 brands within the Marriott family. It has 7,642 hotels, including 1,423,044 rooms. They have hotels in 131 countries and territories around the globe. That's insane. Now, I will also say Marriott is my hotel of choice because they have great member rewards. They typically have really nice establishments. And I am all about getting my loyalty points. So they have my heart. I will say I have stayed at some sketchy places and none of them were ever Marriott. That's a very nice plug for Marriott. They, we are not sponsored, by the way. These are just facts. Would love to be, though. Would love to be sponsored by Marriott. We would love to do an on-location at a Marriott. Preferably one in a country that's not right. ours. Honestly, I'll take a state that's not ours. I, we're not even that picky. Okay, let's dive into fun facts to wrap up our evening here, or whatever time you're listening to this. Fashion designer Coco Chanel lived in the Hotel Ritz in Paris on and off for more than 30 years. So she just had, like, a room that was hers? Yep. Okay, love it. Similarly, inventor Nikola Tesla lived the last 10 years of his life at the New Yorker Hotel until he died in his room in 1943. Ooh, I wonder if he haunts it, if it's still around. (gasps) Allie, I didn't even think to bring you haunted hotel facts. That's just rude. We'll have to do it for the 100th hour. I will bring you haunted hotel facts. All right, I'm going to put it on the list. Most haunted hotels. I mean, we know what one of the most haunted is. It's the one that The Shining is based off of. Yes, we have already shared that. Yeah. I looked up the tallest hotel and the biggest hotel, not the most haunted hotel. That's okay. 100th hour. So I'm going to ask you, as part of my fun facts, which hotel has the largest front porch in the world? 
largest front porch in the world. It is located on the teeny tiny island in Michigan. Mackinac Island. Oh, it's the Grand Hotel in Mackinac The Grand island. Hotel on Mackinac Island has the longest front porch for a hotel in the world at 660 feet. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well done, Grand Hotel. Oh my gosh, I have to find those pictures of us on that porch. Oh my gosh, you should. <laughs> Honestly, okay, you've inspired it. I am going to do an episode on Mackinac Island. I think I'll do that. I think I'll do that. I'm going to just take this little nugget and we're going to carry it forward. So you heard it here first, listeners, upcoming episode, Mackinac Island. That would be a fun one. Not to be confused with Mackinac City, spelled differently. We'll cover that. We'll cover that. Don't give anything away. Perfect. I love it. A little taste. A little, just a little, little niblet. Just, just a little taste. Niblet? That's a word? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Onward to fun facts. The largest hotel in the world is the first world hotel in Malaysia with 7,351 rooms. Holy cow. And would not have guessed Malaysia. Yes. So technically, those rooms are split between two buildings. So if we want to be technical, the largest single hotel building is the MGM Grand in Las Vegas with 5,124 rooms. Wow. Okay. So those, that's the largest. The tallest hotel is the Givora in Dubai at 356 meters high or 1,168 feet. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking... Dubai would have some pretty fancy hotels. So that makes sense. But I didn't, well, I'm not going to look it up now, but I didn't look at like square footage because they have 75 floors in Dubai. So like maybe they don't have as many rooms, but maybe square footage wise they're big. Anyway, that's a rabbit hole we're not going to get into. My last two fun facts. If you have 200 occupied rooms, you're going to process 2,600 pounds of laundry. Oh, yuck. I just thought, like, how much longer are these hotels doing? And then I Googled that, and my goodness, the laundry. Being someone who's worked in a hospital and seeing the amount of laundry that comes out of that, I can't imagine hotels. Oh, I never thought about hospital laundry. I just think, like, I always try and be the person that, like, I don't overuse the hotels and stuff. The hotels. The towels in hotels and stuff. But right. I just, like, when you're doing room after room after room of, like, two or three towels and all of the bed sheets, like... That has to be exhausting. Right. Yeah. If we're going to stay at a hotel, maybe only, you know, two nights or so, I'll definitely reuse the towels. I don't just throw them on the floor. And unless we were staying like a full week or something, yeah, I try to reuse the towel at least a couple times. Yeah, me too. I just think that's the nice thing to do. Also, I, it's like more environmentally friendly, but it's also exactly. people friendly because people have to deal with that. I also exactly. wonder, and I didn't look this up either, but maybe for the hundredth hour, do you think there is like bed making competitions? You know, how like Domino's, I think the pizza company has like box making competitions. I wonder if like hotels have like bed making competitions. I don't know. We'll have to look up if there's any fun competitions that the staff does. All the random things I think about after I've done the research. But I totally have seen that pizza box. Thing. Yeah, yeah, where the one guy like whips it and he's like, foof, 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 and it's all done. Yeah, it's crazy. Fascinating. It's like the kids who do the cup stacking. That blows my mind, too. That. Have you watched the Rubik's Cube documentary on Netflix? No, but I watch a couple speed Rubik's Cube things after Dan talked about it in the toys episode. Yeah, so there's a very heartwarming 
documentary on Netflix about, I think there's a, um, a kid who has autism and then another gentleman who is like the world champion and the, the kid with autism took over the guy with the world champion and they became like friends. Honestly, it had me in tears. It was like the sweetest documentary. And my husband was like, this is about Rubik's Cube. And I was like, they're friends. <laughs> oh, that does sound sweet. I realized that we've gone down quite a rabbit hole, but I highly suggest it. Now I wish I could think of a name, but in any case, my last tidbit for our little hotel episode here is what is appropriate to take from a hotel? According to hotel etiquette, Anything that is complimentary is available for you to take with you. This will include the mini bottles of shampoo and conditioner, body lotion, coffee, packets of creamer and sugar if you want them, other bathroom amenities like shower caps, floss, and the like, several of the pairs of slippers, because technically those will get thrown away after you leave, so it's okay if you want to pack them up. Stationery, pens, note paper, postcards, and envelopes are also a gift to you. Now, if Ross Geller was making this list, he'd have you taking the batteries out of the remote, the light bulbs out of the lamp. Yes. So it actually referenced that in this article. That is not appropriate. We should not be (laughs) taking the robes or the light bulbs or the remotes or the Bibles or any of none of the things. Those do not those are not complimentary for you to take. And I assume nowadays, with everyone having credit card on file, they're just going to charge you anyway. This is not on my list, but I will just share this fact that I learned out in the world. So you should always check to see. So you know how hotels often have, like, the little mini fridges that you can put your water and stuff in? Right. But sometimes they have, like, stacked fridges. Right. Some of those are weighted. So if you take something out, for instance, like I did, I took a bottle of water out set it on the nightstand to put my water bottle in and then they charged me for the bottle of water because it was weighted. I've heard that. Yes. So they know if you take stuff from the mini bar and try and replace it. I will just say be aware because that was like a $7 bottle of water and I was like, I didn't even drink that bottle of water. I didn't do that. So I had to then go downstairs and talk to the front desk and they were like, well, it shows that you took it out. I'm like, I did take it out because it was a fully stocked fridge and I wanted my water bottle to be cold. Did they refund it back to you? They did. They were actually very nice about it, but that was a life lesson because I'd never seen that before. I'd even had stacked fridges before, but not weighted ones. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that somewhere. I actually read, and if I can find it, I'll post it on Instagram because, of course, now I'm not going to be able to remember it. But I read a really interesting book written by a guy who was in the hospitality business for a very long time and just tips and tricks for staying at hotels and traveling and, you know, his, you know, crazy stories along the way, too. It was actually a very good book. It was one of those, I forgot to pack anything. I bought something at the airport books. That's a win, because I feel like that could have gone real south for you. Yeah. I'll try and find out what it was and post it. Yeah. I mean, I just think it'd be fascinating. I'm also sure that hotel staff have all the stories in the world. Oh, yeah. And this guy had story up. Oh, yeah. And this guy had stories about guests and stories about employees. So it was all over the map. It was great. Well, we will post that and the picture of us on the Grand Hotel's front porch. But I think that's all I have for you today. So thanks for letting me talk at you. Do with that what you will. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, or fun facts of your own, 
or travel tips, email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our website, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 